Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello! And welcome to It's All Kicking Off, another football roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, Ewan Patson, and Benjamin Richardson from What Culture Football, here to discuss another burning football issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily football podcasts. But gents, we are gathered here today to talk about Man United and whether or not they are in crisis. Hence why we are joined by Liverpool fan Ewan Patson. <laughs> uh, unbiased source? Yes. Yeah. Would you say they're in crisis? Yep. Benjamin Richardson. <laughs> um, I'm also an unbiased source. I would say it's a hysterical title. I'm going to serve that right, oh, off, wow. right off the top. They're not, obviously not in crisis. They are struggling. Um, but... Like not, the club's not about to go out of business any day soon. They're probably going to finish in the top 10 in the Premier League. Aye, but a crisis that. for Man United, doesn't yeah, it? Well, you know, it's all it's relative. A, it's all in perspective. It's all you know. relative, but keep in mind, last year they didn't even make the Champions League. Mm. So what is a crisis for them in 2019? They haven't challenged for the title realistically in five years, and mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to again. I think they'll, I think they'll compete for top four. I think they're a work in process. Um, so, no, I don't think they are in crisis. I just think they're having a bit of a rocky spell. Eighth in the Premier League, one win, two draws, one loss. Mm, uh, four games in, can we really make yes. big conclusions? From their performances, yep. you know, th- there's elements that, that, that United fans can take heart from. You know, mm. the Wan-Bissakas, your Daniel James, your Harry Maguire's. Uh, see, I was going to disagree, potentially, on the, the, the positives that were drawing from Man United early in the season, because I don't think Wan-Bissaka is actually as defensively tight as his stats suggest. Mm-hmm. You know, he mentioned, well, not mentioned yet, but, you know, it was made a big thing of last week that he has the most amount of um, successful tackles in the Premier League this season. We've actually watched him play, it's because he's getting beaten a lot of the time, so he's having to track <laughs> back to get back to them. And that eventually is going to be a weakness that is exposed, just because he has, you know successful in recovery doesn't necessarily imply defensive solidity and you know I don't necessarily think that Maguire is providing that assured role at the back that they potentially hoped for and again the reason why I would say that the crisis um, the word crisis isn't necessarily an exaggeration so they've just forked out 80 million for this this defensive player and already you know you can talk about bedding in processes and how you know he's been thrown in right away um they've not been getting the instant reaction i think daniel james provides some encouragement some excitement there mm-hmm. um but there is nothing about that team to me that screams uh, that, that screams out as, as saying that we're in an assured confident position it's no. one of the big issues the fact that it not only you know defensively a slight fragility there maybe less so than last season but also going forward, you know, you can always almost excuse defensive fragility if you're scoring enough goals. Well, just on the defensive thing, I slightly disagree with you there, you and I actually think, although what you're saying is entirely correct, I think the thing with Wan-Bissaka is that that is 
basically what you ex- what you require of a modern fullback with who you are expecting to create a lot of attacking opportunities. Good oh, but, recovery but is crucial. But he isn't a good attacking fullback, is my other point. <laughs> well, no, maybe not compared to some of the best in the league. Certainly not compared to the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and uh, Robertson. But he's an improvement upon who Man United previously had. And I think the same applies to Harry Maguire. And I think you can only look at it in those terms. Um, as far as going forward, yeah, they are very short up there. Um, they've just sold Romelu Lukaku, who was the main source of goals, despite his troubles over the last few years. Um, I think probably asking a lot for Marcus Rashford to make up all of that um, deficit. Certainly we haven't seen much of Jesse Lingard so far this season. That said, they have scored in every match we've played this mm-hmm. season. Uh, so it's it's clear that they can score. They're not... It's not like they're completely blunt. And they looked great in that game against Chelsea, we should say. In terms of, well, the score, <laughs> yeah, I should say, the scoreline probably the, the, flattered them a little bit. Well, they took advantage of Chelsea. Chelsea, as we've discovered over the last few games, have some clear problems themselves. They don't seem to have any idea how to defend whatsoever, which is a bit peculiar. Um, and, that, and that's consistent with Frank Lampard's spell at Derby as well, I should add. Uh, no, I, I think it's... I don't think attacking is where they've got problems. I want to talk to you about uh, Romelu Lukaku. Uh, You're a huge proponent of Italian football in the office. Not every aspect of it. Not (laughs) every aspect, granted, yes. Um, And he's obviously, he's hit the ground running over there. Do you think United will come to regret selling Lukaku? No, because I think he wanted to leave. Uh, They've they've actually recouped quite a lot of the money that they outlaid on him in the first place. I don't think, I think clearly... I don't know if he'll get time to enact it, but Solskjaer has a clear plan at this stage, and it's one that didn't involve Lukaku, mm-hmm, so yeah. if they needed to get rid of him for that purpose, then it's the right thing to do. I wonder if Lukaku's starting to regret the move already. I certainly would if I was in his shoes. Uh, he was subject to, to ludicrous... Yeah, not uh, in terms of performance, no, 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 we should he scored, say. He scored in, in his second match, in the, but just a despicable chance from Cagliari again. Uh, fourth time that set of fans has done this, incidentally. So it was entirely depressingly predictable. Mm. And also today, Inter fans in the Curva Nord coming out and saying it wasn't racism, it was actually a sign of respect. Well, that sort, those comments sort of demonstrate why the problem is endemic in Italian football. It's such mm. a shame because I do think it's the best league in Europe, like, genuinely. Um, is Solskjaer the right man for the job? I'm not suggesting he should be sacked. I mean, we can, we can discuss that. But obviously they've gone through numerous, yeah. various managers over recent years and... You know, one thing you always used to say about United, I mean, they were just, they were solid. They had the same manager consistently. As a Liverpool fan, yes, you had a period of transition. Can you relate to this? And, and what yes. do you think, what do you think they should do? And this is why, I, I, again, I think the crisis label isn't too necessarily um, absurd to say is that, you know, a, a few years ago, Liverpool weren't in a too dissimilar position. I mean, we had Rafa Benitez leave, replaced him with Roy Hodgson. Then we replaced Roy Hodgson with Kane Dalglish. Obviously, Kane Dalglish, huge Liverpool legend. But, you know, and we, we brought him in to steady the ship, as it were, and provide some confidence back into the club. But there was, it, it wasn't, things weren't at a, a optimum level. And no. there was, it took years of rebuilding. This has been a long-term project. And I see Man United right now with several years of work before they can get back to the position that they were beforehand. But I will, pro- I will say, despite the fact that they have experienced periodic success over the past um, five or so years, their period of what I would, if you want to call it a crisis, a period of stagnation, whatever, that's been going on for way longer than Liverpool's did I, when we lost Rafa. Yeah, I just want to say, I think context is really crucial. You, mm-hmm. know, you, you talk about Liverpool's little rocky period and mm-hmm. the, the transitional period. I actually think it's more a 
appropriate or an equitable to go back to the end of their original, like the, the glorious domination of the 80s mm-hmm. when Man United knocked them off a proverbial perch as mm-hmm. it was. But that is what I consider what Man United are going through now. Mm. Those soonest... The Roy Evans years. The Roy Evans years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simply because, like, it's such a dramatic fall from being perennial champions to mm-hmm. not even necessarily making the top four. We're even uh, just targeting top four yeah, football. And, and it's not something many clubs generally have to deal with or do deal with. You see, in other leagues in Europe, the teams who dominate have done so perpetually for many generations and usually don't go for this long without winning titles. But the Premier League's had a lot of different factors that have changed the status quo that are out of Man United's hands. Um, is it also kind of akin to Chelsea? I'm not. I know. I'm not saying that similar. Chelsea Ch- have always been weirdly sporadic, though. To me, like you yeah. know, you have Jose in for how many years? You have your um, Ancelotti's in for how many years? And like their, their their success is predicated on chaos in a weird, <laughs> weird way. And also, we shouldn't but, mention Chelsea's success entirely predicated on Roman Abramovich's yes, interest. Yes, that, that is also a good thing. So to then, know. they're not. You know, their their place at the table was artificial to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. Man United's was earned and 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 sort of secured over a, a period of two decades yeah. of perpetual dominance. It, it's, a, it's a difficult come down, which is why anything less than top one seems like a crisis. Yeah, I mean... If yeah. You, it, so, so coming back to my original yeah, question, yeah. if Solskjaer was, was managing, or a version of Solskjaer was managing Liverpool and doing what he was doing, so how would you feel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fowler, if Fowler was... You know, with, with he's, in, he's doing the A-League right now, he's yes. in Australia. Uh, if he was managing Liverpool, yes. though, and having similar returns in terms of success, mm-hmm. how would you feel? Um, I'd want to give them time, mm-hmm. and yeah. because you know, club legend deserves that much. And you know, you look at the Solskjaer's achievements, Manchester United he certainly deserves time to get this going. I think he deserves at least a full season to to see you know what he can extract out of that team. Um, I'd be nervous in the sense that the appointment of club legends occasionally to me reeks of short-term strategy Mm -hmm. i think you know after they lost Mourinho in a very protracted saga i might add it felt as though they would have had someone lined up and obviously there was rumors that pochettino was going to come in and be that person um but shulshire's appointment it seemed so out of left field like Mm. it it, and it's still it's still kind of weirds me out that he's still like (laughs) managing them right now i guess it's 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 difficult to judge. I can't necessarily blame... You can't lay the blame all at Solskjaer. Um, he's definitely got a project in mind. I think he's made the right decision to focus on people who want to... Who are motivated young players, mm-hmm. who want to play for Manchester United, who are, you know, desperate to wear the shirt and that. Because I think, you know, last season, and certainly in the final months of Mourinho's tenure at the club, you could definitely extract what looked, at least to, to me, like a, a somewhat of a lack of effort. You know, people, they looked lethargic. They didn't look happy and they didn't look like they were enjoying the football. Mm. And I think that's one of the things you need to do and Solskjaer's appointment is to restore the, the 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 happiness and enjoyability. And that's kind of what we had with Klopp when Klopp came in. You know, he completely changed the attitude around the club. And the weird thing for me is that I'm not necessarily seeing, you know, I'm not comparing Solskjaer to Klopp or anything, but, you know, in the sense that if you want to re-inject a club that's low in confidence with confidence, is that the appointment that does it? I, and, think, yeah. I think we actually did see that when Solskjaer was first appointed, mm. players were... Actually, yes. saying they were happier playing, like mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of coded messages there. Mm-hmm. But like Paul Pogba in particular was was gushing at the appointment, and then he sort of dropped off a bit. And his head's been turned in the summer, so I'm not sure what his status is now. But that generally does seem to be the case. Like mm-hmm. although the new signings, as you mentioned, have been a little rocky in places, 
it does seem at least like they, they want to be there and they are mm. trying and there's something positive to come from it. It's not just like a completely moribund situation. I agree. I think he should be given time. You mentioned Paul Pogba there. What is next for him at Manchester United? This is where I can bring a, up my tweet as well. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's a difficult question. Obviously, he's there until at least January. So if he's still looking to move, he's going to have to apply himself for the next... <laughs> Four months out, I think he will. All, all I'm going to say is that on this this social this tweet uh, tweeted by uh, Gabriel S11, uh, he's got <laughs> hashtag my midfield, and uh, it's all a bunch of Instagram comments that um, Nemanja Matic, uh, Paul Pogba, and Fred have liked. And the one Pogba's liked is please Vena Madrid, Hala Madrid, and your crying oh. face. And it's just kind of like that's so disrespectful to like your own club if you're doing that. And yeah. I did say earlier on in the in the year that I think it was before the season even started I thought Man United would do well to part ways with Pogba even though he you know on paper is their best player I do think you know if someone doesn't want to play for you that's gonna that has adverse effects yeah I mean I agree but the fact is the transfer window's shut and he's there Mm -hmm. so if he's still this has to this the way he plays the next four months will be entirely might entirely be motivated by his own personal ambition putting himself in the shop window effectively yeah I mean you're you're not going to put Maybe if you're from a commercial as- uh, point of view, you might, but clubs don't want to pay for going rate for Pogba, which is going to be upward of 100 million mm-hmm. euros yeah. or pounds for a player who's not offering anything. So, you know, he, 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 he can't just cost farmers and, and pull a strap. But, uh, but maybe, maybe you can because Alexis Sanchez did and he's earned himself a loan to Inter. Yeah. Uh, he, said, you know, he said he had no regrets over the Man United move and I was thinking, I bet he didn't on £400,000 a week to score two goals. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not a bad, it's not a bad job, is no. it? Um, yeah, I saw a stat about Daniel James already scoring equal to, I think, more goals than Alexis Sanchez already. Um, There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm not suggesting that Man United will buy players in January. It's very rare that you see sides actually going and doing that nowadays. But where do they need to strengthen, aside from the obvious? You know, this might sound ridiculous. But one way they could strengthen it is by actually cutting a lot of players out of that side. Mm-hmm. They've got so much dead wood. And it's so clear that Solskjaer and the team have been trying to get rid of him. Some of them probably don't want to leave, and I can understand why. I'm looking at it. I was absolutely flabbergasted 
uh, watching Man United at the weekend to see Ashley Young still playing for them and the captain. Now Ashley Young's been a to be fair, Ashley Young has been a fine servant mm-hmm. Man United. He's always applied himself. He's a really good lad. Uh, but I think his time at the top level is probably over. Uh, I'm looking at Luke Shaw, who seems to have fell off a cliff again after a brief resurgence. Eric Bailly, who hasn't really worked out in the Premier League. Doesn't seem Injuries to, and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, Phil Jones, I think, might be at the end of it. Marcus Rojo's never been convincing. He was meant to be at Everton over the summer as well. Yeah, Fred, who struggled <laughs> to adapt. Forget he existed. Um they have managed to get Chris Small and moved around, which is entertaining. I thought I thought they got the wrong centre back on loan there. Yeah. I thought, I, well, not that not this is the Roma got the wrong deal, but I, I, of the Jones and the Smalling duo, I was surprised that that Smalling was the one that Man United actually shipped off. I thought maybe that's what they one. did. Maybe they showed footage of yeah. Jones and Roma went nah, nah, but the one next to him will take off <laughs> So yeah, I think if they're in a position where they, they basically have to clear some of these people away mm. before they can realistically sign. Uh, I mean, that's a huge number of players the squad mm-hmm. would be very thin if they get rid of all those so I think they really need a very very good quality central midfielder yes yeah, I was going to ask how they turn this round and is it about getting rid of that deadwood and bringing in new talent where they've got a real passion and yeah. possibly youth uh, that seems to be what they're focusing exactly on exactly what Benji just said yeah it's a case of they have so many players that you just why are they still there like it's it's think- con- it's astonishing sorry, when you read some of them out that I see hear, hear some names. Well, that's the thing. Do you think Daniel James is a, is a sign of the sort of signing that will be making in the future? Uh, definitely. I mean, they were linked to what Sean Longstaff for most yeah. of the, the summer, and you know, there's a there's a there's a worry there. You know, in focusing only on young English talent. You know, whether that's you know overhyping uh, domestic well, prospects again. But I, you know, I actually think it's more in keeping with Solskjaer's attitude. He he did that, coach. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He coached uh, Man United's youth teams, and mm-hmm. I think he has a a particular ability to nurture young mm. talent, and that's. You know, if you can if you can bring in players that work to his strengths, that's the right thing. There's a lot to be said in football for actually maturing players. I know this is one of the great things Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool. Mm. Uh, he, he's brought players on who you maybe didn't expect to be as good as he are. Like leaps and bounds, and nearly every player's improved under Klopp. Mm-hmm. And I, I do genuinely think that is an asset that Solskjaer has. If given time, yeah. you have to have time to do it. I think they need to sign at least one first team quality central midfielder, whether that comes in central defensive mid or, you know, a box to box figure. Because, you know, Fred was meant to be the box to box figure. Yeah, he was. McTominay looks okay. He looks, yeah, you know, good. inoffensive at, at the holding mid role. Whether he can do that at the top level, you know, consistently, and, and you know. They do, they do have good young players at yes. the club. Tahith Chong's a particular talent. Yeah, have, and, you know, and Hal Gomez and yep. they have uh, Greenwood as well coming through the ranks. They have some really exciting prospects at that club. I think they need to sign another um, centre-back if I'm being honest. I mean, I think Maguire it, it's such an, it, and it, it's a transfer that makes sense, but it's one of those things where it's like it, they need, I don't know, they need a leader. Well, yeah, not to, not to put Maguire down, but is it, is it a fair assessment to say Maguire is as good as the person next to him? As in, he needs someone there to support him to be able to play his game. I mean, maybe there was a reason all the Leicester fans or supporters were saying that Johnny Evans was the preferred centre back uh, for last year. I don't know. That might be them just trying to get over the fact that Maguire's left. It's it's going to be a, a case of how he develops over the course of the season. But you know, they were linked to Kula Bali and stuff. And Kula you know, a fantastic yeah, defender. He and had, didn't have the best weekend. But, uh, uh, true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like. It, I look at that squad and there's not one position. I might, I might be really harsh, but there is genuinely a position where I'd like, I don't look at any position and think, you're going to have a guaranteed good day today. I think yeah. I look at them all over. I'm like, 
this is all very wobbly and insecure. Mm. You know, sure. I mean, the spine of the team as well. De Gea has gone from being, you know, probably the best goalkeeper in the world to looking like Simon Mignolet. He's even got the purple kit again. Like, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 they need a good spine. And, you know, I, I think Marcus Rashford is, uh, is ridiculous on his young shoulders. I think he is the focal point of that team, mm. which is, which is ridiculous. You're yes. right. They absolutely do need a leader. And, and he's the one that I think is inspiring fans and they're looking. To produce results, like, I think Jesse Lingard needs to move on as well. Yeah, why, he, he why? seems to have dropped off. It's ridiculous, you know. He, what without a goal or an assist for a year now in Is an it? attacking midfield role, that's just not good enough. And I know he's, a, you know, he's a youth player. Or you know, he, yeah, he is a youth player. Isn't he? He'd come through Man, yeah, he yep. came through the academy. I just even if he's passionate about the club and wants to stay there, you have to be ruthless. You have mm. to look at this team and, and just, like you say, get rid of the dead wood. Like you have Rashford, who's a clear, exciting prospect, who is you know consistent, not not you know blown everyone away, but he's a consistent, exciting talent who has a clear upward trajectory. Mm-hmm. Everyone else in that team, I look at and I see them either stagnating or having not proven themselves yet. Just talking about the midfield, I think it's such a shame for let under Herrera going. Yeah, summer. I thought it was easy. Yeah, he was an absolutely hate him, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we sort of spoke about this at the start of the season, um, but in terms of eyeing up a trophy this year, we can rule out the Premier League. Um, and, you know, you say there's an element of transition and, I mean, and hopefully a long-term we, plan that they're having with Solskjaer. We can rule out the Premier League, but we should know there are 34 games left. Yes. Stranger we, things have happened. We can rule out the Premier League, though. Um, <laughs> but aside from the FA Cup and the League Cup, you look at that draw in the Europa League, Astana, Partizan, Belgrade and AZ Alkmaar. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is the Europa League possi- a possible route for them? I know realise English it teams sort of go, don't care, don't care, don't care, and then get to the semi-finals and think, oh, this is really important. All I mean, of it was three years ago, two years ago, yeah, wasn't the it? The Ajax. So, you know, maybe again. The, the difference there is that Man United were one of the teams dropping out mm. of the Champions League, I think, and mm. I think that ruins the competition for me. Now, this draw is quite favourable other than the distances. Yes. So I'd say it's a lovely draw. It's just in, in, in North, North East, uh, West Netherlands. Partisan will be a horrendous away trip <laughs> going to going to the um the Belgrade what do you call it? The uh Maracana. That's that's an, one of the hardest way trips in football. Asta- uh, going to Astana. Six six thousand mile round is that trip. In Kazakhstan? It is in Kazakhstan, yeah, yeah. capital, which uh, just interestingly was recently renamed renamed uh, Nua Sultan. After the president, Nur Sultan Nazarbayev. Wow. Wow. Stepped down in May. Yeah. Well, that's, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you must Re- have some laugh. Don't, don't suggest it. Please don't suggest it. Um, let's talk uh, about the future for Man United then. Not just this season, but going forward. Um, we talked about, you know, Liverpool in the 80s and how long it took them, them to recover. And granted, the well, game sort you, of changed. You could argue they, yeah, they haven't yet. They haven't mm. won the title. No. Indeed. No. Um Will Man United ever recover? Will they ever come back, get back to being title challengers? I mean... Frustratingly, yes, isn't yeah, it? I yeah, it's... yes. I mean, they one of the, if one of, if not the biggest, you know, they're up there with Real Madrid. That's well, been like it, the was only, it was only this past January yeah. that they were knocked off the top yes. spot of a dull up uh, football rich list. Like, I think if they need... I think there's... Again, like I mentioned earlier on, it's like if you want short-term... You, know, you, you want a long-term project, but you want change in the short-term as well. I think until Man United deal with this toxic culture that they have above them, mm-hmm. this is going to continue and persist for yeah. a very, very long time. It doesn't matter if you keep on appointing on club legends to, you know, eventually that optimism will basically just fade away. And you've got a generation of, you know, Man United fans now coming through who haven't seen 
you know, who aren't going to be familiar with the success that they want. Sad, kind of a similar way to when I was spotting Liverpool growing up, I had no idea, you know, about the, the amazing Dalglish and, you know, John Barnes and, and Ian Rush era. Like, I had, that, that is alien to me. I look back <laughs> at old footage and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. But, you know, there's, there's a danger that Man United are going to be in the same position. Um, and until they deal with that, that culture at the top, yes. how do you deal with that culture at the top first and foremost? You know, it's not a simple case of organising fan campaigns to, to get the, you know, the, we had Hicks and Gillette and we obviously did campaign against that as well, but it took concerted effort from elsewhere for that to actually, you know, change. It's, you know, it's it's an, it's almost impossible to say. I think it's, yes, they will get back to the top, but it's a case of they need something to happen above the managerial level for that to change. And it's not, you know, it's not going to happen by appointing, uh, we was talking of like appointing Rio Ferdinand as sporting director, like that, yeah. over the summer. It's just, it's bollocks. It's not happening. These are appointments are designed to appease fans mm-hmm. of the past 15 years or previous who, who, who just see it as a link to success from the past. It's a very short-term attitude. Uh, I, yeah, I totally agree. I can... There are fundamental structural issues at that club, but they don't last forever. Mm-hmm. The support of a club will outlive uh, like Woodward's tenure, Edward Wood's tenure mm. at the club, and maybe even the Glazers' tenure at the club. You know, so we'll, 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 we'll rebound. We've seen it plenty of times. The events, it took them 10 years to recover from the Calciopoli scandal, and they've went and won the last seven Serie A titles, so... And they, and they did that with a free transfer of Andrew Perlo. <laughs> Indeed. You know, it doesn't take so in summary, Man United aren't in crisis, but don't expect big things from just them this season. But just a big season. club that's having a bad season, or having a couple of bad seasons. Couple. It's not a crime. <laughs> Didn't David Moyes' contract run out this year? Yeah. <laughs> We're all still already going to get comments in the comment section, uh, as is. So do let's you know, not do rub you know it in. clubs which are, are having crisis? Barry, they no longer exist. Exactly. If you want to talk about Manchester clubs in crisis, we should be talking about them. Bolton. They do exist, just about, but mm. it's not looking good for them. You know, you, wanna, you can also look at Huddersfield, who haven't won a league title since the 1950s. That's a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's become for so long, but it can't be a crisis anymore. That's just the norm. Perhaps, yeah. Yeah, it's nice support in Chesterfield. Uh, <laughs> let us know your thoughts on the topics we've discussed here then in the comments section below. And don't forget to like, share and subscribe. And you can tweet at us at WhatCultureFC. Watch there, follow all three of us. You can follow Ewan Patterson at... Ewan Ruins Things. Follow Benjamin Richardson at... Uh, Beat You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. You can follow us all at WhatCultureFC, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Football for daily football podcasts. This has been It's All Kicking Off. My thanks to you and to Benjamin. Thank you for watching and we will see you soon. 